Thank you, everybody. Welcome to Civil Tension, Episode 6. Civil Tension, contentious intentions on these conversations. We are civil, not polite. We are civil, not politically correct. The conversation you are about to listen to may contain language and subject matter that some may consider offensive. Do you know what happens when you get offended? Not a damn thing. You're going to be okay, really. I, I swear that you are. It's all going to be all right. Uh, I am your host, Peter Galt. I'm here with our co-hosts. Would they introduce themselves? John Guancy. And Tom Sowers. All right, Tom, John, thank you for being here with me today. And we do actually want to remind our committed conversationalists who are sitting in today that while we encourage and thrive on contentious, escalated, highly spirited conversation, we encourage our committed conversationalists to remain mindful of name dropping. The names of people, places, and things may be changed to protect the innocent, the not so innocent, but mostly ourselves. <laughs> so with that said, would you like to introduce yourselves? We'll start here on my left. Uh, Dan Swiak. Ken Nicholson. Bill Hasse. Denise Netzel. Bob Gibbons. And Denny Hennessy. All right, and today we're not actually going to play circle, square, triangle. Everybody really, really wants to discuss uh, the hashtag things I'm sick of. So, hashtag things I'm sick of. Here are things, uh, something I'm sick of is politicizing every freaking shooting within 10 seconds that happens. The, those instances are never and never will be, in my opinion, about the tool of destruction. That's not what this is about. We got to look at the people themselves. Uh, who else is sick of something? Who's, who's got something on their mind? Bill. I'm sick of people complaining about all the politicians and, and their actions, and then when it comes time to vote, they vote the same people in. No damn shit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, man. Yep. I, Sounds just, good. I, I, it just can't. It's it just. It's it's lunacy. Why do you think people do that? Well, there's control by politicians, and and we're not saying names, right? So, like Madigan, <laughs> <laughs> who basically controls the state, you know, and and the voting through through dollars and things of that nature. Why do other people, uneducated uh, voters, uh, is a big part of it. Um, you know, you, you, you just people have in mind what they believe is a Democrat and a Republican. I've heard people say, I, I can't vote for him because that's, that's Republican. He's a Republican. It, it, well, hold on. Back up the truck here. Let's look at the person. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and let's see what the person has bringing, is bringing to the table because, you know, you'd hate to learn afterwards like we've been doing over and over and over and over and over again. It's so just, what is it we can actually do to change that situation. Well, I, you want to be a part of the electoral process, uh, educate yourself. Okay. You should you should take the time. If you're going to execute your right to vote, you should also execute your right to, to learn what you're voting for. You can't just vote because you like that commercial or you don't like that commercial or, or you know, you're a Democrat or Republican. You really need to get into more detail about the people. Okay. All right. Good. And then bouncing off of that, you need to go and spread your message. You know, volunteer on a campaign that you agree with. If it's a single issue, then go ahead and knock in your neighbor's door. Start a conversation about it. You know, as a, a future precinct uh, committee man, I understand the value of knocking on doors. As somebody that's done canvassing my entire life, I understand the 
I understand the uh, value of knocking on doors, starting conversation, and leaving a piece of literature with them. And also, when you after after that, um, you need to focus on politicians that will create a fair system. One of the major causes of politicians being reelected, um, it's a very high retention rate in Congress, um, over over eighty percent, because uh, one of the main causes is redistricting, gerrymandering. Uh, sort of following Peter's thought of uh, instantly politicizing horrible events when they happen. My problem with politicizing things is the moment you come to left versus right, everybody takes their brains out, puts them in a box. People stop talking. There is no conversation. There is no forgiveness for another, another point of view. Uh, if you're a left, you're a left. If you're a right, you're a right. And, and, and reasonable approaches to solutions simply disappears. I don't believe this was true nearly so much in my parents' day. I, I, I have pretty clear memories of politicians having pretty good fights that taught me things mm -hmm. right there on the television. Mm -hmm. People don't do that anymore. They, they, they back into nonsense the moment they politicize a topic. That's what I'm tired of. So how, how can people change that? What, or what can we do to change that? You can vote for one thing because our apathy in yeah. this country about voting is just uh, horrendous. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got a, we have a primary coming up in March. And uh, I can tell you quite, quite honestly that I don't believe that, that more than 4 or 5% of the people will come out and vote right. of any district. I don't care where it is, and you're going to find out that these people, that those are the people that are getting their people into office, uh, or getting into the onto the ballot, and it's it's ridiculous. But you get a hundred percent of the people complaining. That's right. Oh, you absolutely. Know. And, yeah. and that's the sad thing. You you get a hundred percent of the people complaining, and they they vote for a lot of people might vote for the big national election. But they don't vote for the thing that's going to hit them the most, the local. Right. Your school board, your, your village administration, right. your Absolutely. county administration. Mm -hmm. That's the things that can actually do something for where you live. Right. And they can be your voice. And then one of the other things is we, we get hung up on, we like to listen to sources that agree with us. You know, and we don't have enough independent sources today where I'd love to hear a good argument for ABC. But you can't go anywhere to hear it. It's To Ken's point, the left digs into the left, and they've got the mainstream media, and the right digs into the right. they got talk and, radio. And they have talk radio. Right. You can't find anywhere to go to find, is this a good independent source? Radio. Well, and hopefully the kind of thing we're doing right here will encourage people to have the same kind of conversations. Denise, I know that Denny just sparked a thought there for yeah. you. Well, when I was in, my kids were in elementary school and public school, there were some issues coming up and they had people, volunteers, parents, going out talking to everybody in the district to tell them what was going on and what we wanted them to vote for and how we wanted them to vote and explaining to them exactly why we were doing this. Do you know the vote went through and it was almost 100% of the people, but we went out and said, hey, this is the problem, we have the solution, this is what we're looking for. 
do you agree? And almost everybody agreed, and they all voted on it. It's interesting, that was, though, yeah. you're going out and telling people how to vote because you know that's against law. I know it is. Well, we just, <laughs> no, we not. just, no, it, no. You can't do it at polls. No, 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 not no, at no, polls. No, but there's but nothing against, against going and out and committing it. And you can't do it in schools because schools are funded by, right. with government dollars. Right. Exactly. But, but it, it, it really helped because of the issues that were coming up at that time, which I can't remember what they were, but they were very they important. important. They were important. Because they're not an issue anymore. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The old quotation be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. If you want to see a measure on the ballot for more library funding or for more school funding, if you want to see that either pass or fail, then go out and knock on doors, talk to your neighbors, and have legitimate conversations. And that brings me back to the first point um, when Peter talked about how disasters are politicized almost immediately. Politicizing a disaster is not the same as having a rational discussion about it. Mm -hmm. that, and that was my thank you for clarifying and, that because that was actually my that's point. what that's what we're doing here is we're having a rational discussion yes there are going to be people that say oh I want to take away all the guns and yes there are people that are going to say give every kid a gun have the government pay for it give them mm -hmm. lessons and give them unlimited ammunition you're going to have both of those arguments but if we don't have a marketplace of ideas then we're not going to find a common solution a solution we can all agree with Tom go right ahead this kind of goes to the conversation we had earlier today, but I, still, this seems like an appropriate place to say it as well. I am tired of problems happening, and we address every other surrounding thing except for the problem. Mm -hmm. Right. I used an example earlier. I'll use another one now. If you are brought into a hospital and you're having a heart attack, does a surgeon say to you, well, you're overweight, your cholesterol is too high. When we get those <laughs> down, we can go ahead and operate. <laughs> Good point. Okay. That, that was not what was funny is I asked everybody not to bang the table, but Tom was making his point, and then Bill put his hand. <laughs> <laughs> if this, if this were on video or televised, we would have actually seen that. But to uh, you know, again, to your point, I am a great round ginger man. I, I, I would like to rephrase that and say I am simply a great ginger man. But I'm in shape, my shape is round. And, uh, but, but, you know, Tom, yeah, to your point, it's it really, man, this, this goofy hashtag, things I'm sick of, I am so sick of hearing people jump on these immediate, Oh my God! Let's <laughs> ban this. Let's ban that. And you know what I'm talking about—the freaking gun things and and that damn tragic shooting we just had down in Florida. The idiocy on both sides of this. And 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 I, you know, I I am a firm believer in our Second Amendment in all of our amendments. But the sheer idiocy on both sides to jump on that gun issue right away. Instead of saying, holy crap, let's fix let's this fix heart. heart. Yes. You, you've had a heart attack. Let's get this taken care of. Not, well, geez, Pete, you, you know, what did I tell you about eating a pound of bacon every Friday morning? Um, that's not, you, that's that's not the, the issue right now. And that's the point. We can fix the problem. The pro we're, we're trying to define the problem as a gun problem or as a... Uh, a parenting problem, and, and and yeah, all those things maybe have a uh, have a contributing factor, but it's not the problem. The problem is there are shootings. How do we stop it? Once right. we know how to stop it, which to me is relatively simple, but 
once you've stopped it, or at least curtailed it enough that it's not in the headlines every week or every month, now let's go look at those outline problems and work on those. Because it took a hell of a long time to get to those points. It's going to take a hell of a long time to fix them. In the meantime, let's let's do the bypass. Stop the bleeding. Let's yeah. do the bypass. Let's get the heart pumping again. Yeah, let's get Absolutely. it pumping. Because there have been, okay, now we had this extreme situation, but there have been, what was it, um, since the first of the year, and it's only February 16th, and I'm trying to remember where I just saw this statistic this morning online. There have been like 18 um, Fox News. Maybe um, the, the school shootings, shooting situations, not resulting in deaths, but shooting total, total situations, attempts to do serious harm within schools, I think was something like 60, somewhere between, I, I wanna say 63 or 68, since the first of the year. We're at February 16th. To, to Tom's point there, the, the problem are, is not the weapon of choice. It's not the instrument of destruction. It's why the hell are our kids at the point where they're killing other kids. Why does their freaking brain go there, boom, like that? And, and why is there a title for it? They're calling themselves professional school killers. The kids are calling themselves that. And it's more than one. There's well, it was many. coined by a given kid and right. picked up by all the other kids, right. which is sort of immediate evidence that the kids are learning this from each other. And you know the root cause may be World War or something like that. But, um, and if you have if you have a guard, armed guard at that entrance, and that kid says I'm a professional school shooter, he's gonna be like, "That's nice, kid. Come with me." Mm -hmm. End of problem. We have the thing is that we're speculating. We're not totally sure what is going on. One of the NRA uh, campaigns that have, they have been so successful with is making sure that the CDC can't investigate gun deaths. Can't tell us what the root of the problem is. And I would like to know what it is that gets into a kid's head where he can go into a school and shoot 17 people. Is it because he's desensitized? Is it because he doesn't have a good home life? I want the, I want the CDC to be able to investigate that fully and without the, I understand that they're funded by the government, but I want limited interference with that. I want sound, sound science. And for people who might be listening or anybody for any reason at this table who isn't familiar, uh, you're referring to the CDC, which is the Center for Disease Control. I just want to make that and clear. And prevention. John, go right ahead. The, the, the problem that we're struggling with is, is that we are witnessing the, the death of truth. And when a, when, a, when, when a society doesn't know what to think and when a people don't know what to think and they don't know who to believe and they don't know, therefore, how to think about it, they proceed to withdraw because they can't process. They can't make sense of it they become recluse. They proceed to quarter up to one side versus the other. Things become politicized and the process continues to degrade and we leave our society to the politicians. We leave our future to the politicians. And that's the thing that's so great about this conversation is at least, at least there's an opportunity that we can talk about what is actually true. In a political realm, they don't wanna talk about what's true. And one of the things that I've recently become exposed to is this idea of airfingers, quote, domestic terrorist. There are young people right now that are considering this fellow in, from Florida, uh, Mr. Cruz, I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, they're labeling him a, quote,
quote-unquote domestic terrorist. So you see, once you start to morph the language, and the left is very good at this, once you start to change the language, you can begin to change the definitions and the construct. Now all of a sudden you look at the thing this way, and then you totally turn it around. Now you have to take a totally different connotative association with this thing, because now he's a domestic terrorist. Well, wait a minute. Does that, because he's a domestic terrorist, does that mean that this problem has to be addressed in a different way? Is he a terrorist, or is he a young person who went out, acquired a firearm, and shot up a, a shop a school and killed 17 people. See, so what we are seeing here is that the language starts to morph. Now the perspectives start to morph. The truth <coughs> starts to go away, and things get really the easy. Laws change, right? And then, and so the quick thing, the quick easy thing for people, and this is my point. The quick, and just on this one particular topic, the quick easy things. Well, we can't really get a clear idea on what truth is. The language is murky. This, that, and the other thing. Take the guns. That's the quick, easy, boom, we just got to do this fast. But will that, that, will that make the heart beat again? No. But, but you, exactly. But my point being, and that's exactly my point, the people that want to take the guns, the people that are actually politicizing this, are not interested in the heart beating again. They're interested in having control of the corpse. There's a, that's there's what a, they want. There's a term I'm mm. just starting to understand at the ripe young age of 67, politicize. That means take out your brain, put it over there, and start spouting the stuff that my position spouts. I have quit trying to solve the problem. I have quit trying to communicate. All I do is say, pull the guns or arm everybody. Depends on what side you're on. Sure. Right. But we stop thinking. We stop communicating. We need to somehow find a way to motivate our leaders to actually try to find the problem. But, I agree. Denise, you wanted to jump in. But do you think that the news media is actually glorifying it yes. or adding to it which makes it even worse both yes. I mean yeah, I think we what all agree we on do that? to yeah. get the, the news media to stop well and, and something I, I find interesting is it seems like every time there's one of these tragic incidents whether it's a school shooting a church shooting a, a, a terrorist act whatever it is they always knew there were always signs there the FBI the police they always knew about it. so I don't think we need to spend another dollar in studies and research mm -hmm. it's it's there somebody somebody this kid was expelled from three different schools there were a lot of signs just from that you know we're not hearing I, I barely heard on the news about the grandma that reported her grandson about issue why don't they why don't they talk more about that you know, we, we talked this morning about see something, say something. And that is such, it's, that's a basic thing. It's easy to, to do. Um, and that's where I think we need, we don't need another study to say why does this, we, we know all the answers, right? Mm -hmm. So when you see a kid getting expelled three times, well, maybe maybe they're in, he's, he's very big on guns. Maybe that kid needs to be looked at a little closer. Here, Bob, jump in really real quick, and then I'll go over there to you. I, I find that answer a little problematic, but I'd like to address what was brought up before by Denise when she was talking about the media. It's called grief porn. You know, media outlets—they want to do—they want to boost their ratings so they can sell advertising dollars. They're going if it bleeds, it leads. I know that there are people, even at this table, that think that there's a giant conspiracy. I think we need to just follow the money and see where um, where these people are coming from and why the media does what it does. And therein lies your answer. It's not because there there's they might some news sources I don't doubt have an agenda. 
but I think for the vast majority of them, you have a um, you have a quota to fill, and they're trying to do that, and they're trying to get more advertising dollars. It's an industry. Bill, jump well, in there real quick. So speaking for our society, right? So this is a big issue we keep talking about and everything, but look at the action we took when one guy wouldn't stand for the national anthem. How many people quit watching football? Instant reaction, instant action, right? I mean, you know, they jump all over that. But here we are talking about these shootings, and, that, you know, we said there were 16 school shootings in the U.S. Uh, during the uh, previous administration. And, you know, nobody, you don't see the action being taken. And, and it, that says a lot about our society, I think. And I think, to Denny's point a little bit ago, you know, about the see, see something, say something thing. I think you're going to see, or starting to see, at least for me, I'm getting a little bit jaded with that whole thing. I'll tell you why. Can anybody tell me any of these shootings or terrorist things that have happened just this year that we didn't have a statement from the FBI saying they were on our radar? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not one time that I can think of. You, everybody was on the radar. You're yep. on the money. It's, it seems as if point. we do yep. tell somebody and we go through the emotional trauma of, of turning in our relative or whatever, right? And so we call the FBI, and the FBI does nothing. You don't hear anybody no. talking about Parkland decrying no. de the fact that we didn't help this kid when he was crying loud and hard. I am in deep emotional trouble, and nobody helped him. When he was thrown out of school, he should have been sent straight to a caring, welcoming, supportive, whatever it takes to straighten this kid out and let him live a normal life. Military school, something. But... Where? Where, where, where was that? There, the foster system in our country is broken almost to the point of non-repair. We have people who that are waiting on the adoption list. Let's go ahead and bring it out. Uh, the reason that abortion is such a huge issue is because it is easier to get an abortion than to adopt a baby. Yes. If you want to end abortion, you... And, um, inject some uh, free market into it and you say hey listen you having that baby and giving it up for adoption is going to be a lot easier than you having an abortion it's going to be cheaper on you we're going to take care of the child we're going to do this that and the other thing and you know what problem solved well not 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 necessarily solved but we're going to take a huge step yeah, but the sources yeah, but that try to do that such as by I was just at a Knights of Columbus meeting and they were talking. The Catholic Church is very, very big pro-life. But the media makes fun of them. Look at what happened with Mike Pence this week with Joy Behar. Joy Behar basically called him mentally unstable because he hears Jesus talking to him. I mean, that's what happens when you try to do something and try to stop something if it's against what the mainstream wants. Abortion, you said it this morning, and I think it's higher. I think you said 34 million. I think it's higher than that. So it's all right to murder all of them, but when this happens, there's outrage. How is there not outrage on that? And so the question really becomes, because Mike Pence hears Jesus talking to him, does that mean that Mike Pence is mentally unstable, which someone claimed to that he is? Therefore, Mike Pence shouldn't own a gun. Are you kidding me? I can't think of anyone else who should own a gun. I mean, if, because if he actually hears our Lord Jesus Christ talking to him, he knows uh, not to use it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, too, is, and to Bob's point, I would uh, disagree uh, to the point that 
you know, you want to if you want to fix this type of a problem, you don't fix it with unfunded mandates. You don't have politicians in office who will say, "Here, we're going to fix this problem and we're going to give you this much money." But they don't but actually they don't give you the money. They have somebody else. They expect, for example, uh, uh, just at a restaurant, okay? A restaurant owner would have to have has to have, keep the books for the government, for their employees, for their taxes, for their uh, how many hours they work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And these are unfunded mandates because the government doesn't give them any money back for doing this. And it's the same with other businesses as well. Those are unfunded mandates. I want to pull back to something that Bill said earlier in terms of become you have to become. Uh, we talked about politicians and we re-vote these people back in and we do the same thing and expecting a different result and therefore we're all bats, right? We're all crazy. Mm -hmm. So the issue really comes back, well, where's my upside to become educated? Where's my upside when I'm getting a check? When What's my upside when this part of my life is subsidized or I think that part of my life is free and this part of my life is free and that part of my life is subsidized? Where's my upside? The problem is, is that we are in the days of Alexis de Tocqueville when people realize that they can, in fact, vote themselves through their politicians, free stuff out of the treasury, and politicians have realized that they can maintain perpetual power by giving free stuff away. And it's not sustainable. Where's the upside? And right now there is no upside no. To, the, to the average citizen or for the politician to come back and say, you know, this is going to hurt, and this is not in our short-term best interest, but we're going to do something of extreme courage, of extreme integrity, because it's good for the republic, and it's good for people and their liberty before their creator, and we're going to do X, Y, and Z. Those people are not evident, in my opinion. I really want to, what's the upside to, to the other? Maybe Bob can speak to that. I, I hope he can. Well, Bob's the generation coming in right behind most of all of us at this mm -hmm. table. Right. So, you know, what you're going to do, Bob? Right. Uh, keep, keeping, keeping with the hashtag, things I'm sick of, uh, <coughs> there, are, there are really two points that I'd really like to get to. The second one we can save for another day because that's going to be a whole long conversation. It has to do with communism and all that fun stuff. Um, but going back to the, to the point that I would like to hit is um, going back to the hashtag, things I'm sick of. You know, we have a government that doesn't work for us. And you know what? Damn. <clears throat> I'm going to be the one that's left holding the bag. When everyone's pensions default, it's going to be my fault. When we ship away our civil liberties be to where they're unrecognizable, it's going to be my fault. Or well, I'm going to be to the be one fair, It won't be my fault, but it will. I'll be the one that's holding the bag. To be fair, that's how our generation felt, too. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you're yeah. you're 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 not in, you're not, not unique, new. and it's not coming just all down. Yeah, generation we that felt too. that too. I and, I I, to I totally understand. There is a long history of people being dissatisfied with the government. It's nothing new. Well, you talk about Social but, Security. Everybody's like, well, that's going to run out at some point, and it's actually mm -hmm. still going. And yeah, pensions are running out because pensions were not actually well thought out over time, and they're not a great plan. You know, and and, and that's why so many places have gotten away from that with the exception of the government well you don't right. go to the government for good management absolutely and I 
Uh, what what scares me the most is some of these issues are going to be, come to bear in you know my lifetime, and I'm going to be the one hold my generation is going to be the ones holding the bag, and that scares me. Well, what uh, I no go keep going keep going. I you just spurned a thought. Go 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 go. go. Uh, I, okay. Um, when since we're going to be the ones you know holding the bag, I've said that phrase like a thousand times already, so I apologize. But unless we do something, unless we have the government, um, unless we have the government work for us, and that starts with the grassroots organizations going door to door, starting conversations with your neighbors, start canvassing, start electing politicians that we like. It's a from the ground up movement, and that is not how a lot of people see this, and that is one of the main things I'm sick of. And I and I'm gonna echo that hugely. And to to Bill's point, and to to the point John made. We are, our generation, I feel like, has sincerely dropped the ball on this. We think we had this conversation a while back when we said, well, we're the ones accountable for our uh, cynicism against the millennials, a part of the generation that Bob is in, and our, and our own children, because we, we fostered where they're at right now. We allowed this to come to bear. The you know looking at the fact that government is not a place you go for good management why why the hell not it's supposed to be it was originally put together to be for the people that was the whole freaking idea of this behind our founding fathers why did we let it get to the point of where it's at and it, it John, I looked like you just went. I gave and you a I was right cramp. with him. I'm like, ah. this is the calm before the storm. <laughs> because there, there, there are things that the government absolutely, positively cannot do. The things that are the things that are delegated to the federal government by the states, the states being the sovereign and the primary sovereign, and states in in, in service to the individual and their sovereign before their sovereign God. That's the order. Um, there are things the federal government cannot do. Well, to my, to and my that point the, market, real quick, the, the marketplace must solve and it is to provide most of these people and that the founding fathers above all things believed that people in their individual liberty by acting in their self best interests are able to and are uh, able to run the society much more effectively and much more equitably than any centrally planned tyrannical government whether it be a monarchy fascist communist which I know didn't exist as much back then then, but tyranny in its nature, the individual in his liberty can do that much better than they. Let me clarify where I came from here because I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't disagree but with anything you just up. said. What what I'm saying is we we originally the whole intent was for the government to manage certain tasks and certain <coughs> aspects of the business of our nation and of the laws that we created and agreed that we have our constitution we have our bill of rights we have the amendments that we live by that's the management that i'm talking about sure so not i certainly do not want the government managing my day-to-day -day life we would have a huge, we meaning me and the government would have a huge problem if they came knocking on my door. They're already said, doing it to us. You know, yeah, they're doing it to us. Absolutely. I'm sorry, go go ahead, Bob. Well, bouncing off a little bit of what John said, uh, the highest sovereign, you know, if um, I, I, I personally believe is God. But if you don't believe in God, that's fine. But the highest sovereign in the United States is the individual. And we have lost that 
We do not have, look at the average age of a person in Congress, in the Illinois State Legislature, they do not reflect the population. Look at the average demographic of the people in, who are charged with taking care of us. They are not doing that job because they are not serving their best interests. They're not serving our best interests. They're serving the best interests of the people that are paying them. Typically, I mean, so so you have. Oh yeah, the state they're they absolutely so good. So you have the state of the union there. address, and you have in Illinois. What do we have? Three uh, Congress senators uh, uh, refused to go and sit in the state of the union address. Like, are you kidding me? And one that got that, that wasn't a choice. You're voted in office. That's yeah, you go. That's your job. Right. That's what right. your job. we decided. We through our tax dollars are going to pay you yes. to do. So, and, and again, represent us. we are the sovereign of individuality. And now you just, you, yeah, it's to represent but, us, and now you decide you're not going to represent us at this time? Yes, you then you're out of here. Because it's right? not popular? Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it was. Is In their districts, Trump's not a popular person. What statement so, would that make? You know? So, the, yeah, but, but, by saying, but they're just playing they to the people. They're playing to the people that they're not doing their job. They're not doing their constitutionally mandated. I'm just going on and on, hoping that John will explode. But I will, I will gladly yield the floor. All right. But going to what you're just saying, and I know, I know John's probably there. I just beat him to the punch on this. Going back to what we were talking about, how these same people keep getting elected over and over and over again, we just got done identifying, and most of us, if it, well, all of us at this table understand the, 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 the most important sovereign is, is the individual. But yet the individual keeps saying, Trump, what are you going to do? You going to get rid of guns for us, Obama, what are you going to do? Why are we asking these people? First off, they don't have the power to change the damn thing. Exactly. That's not their job. Secondly, why aren't we looking at ourselves first? Why aren't we looking at the, and saying, I'm the doctor today? Let's 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 take this, let's take this problem, let's start talking about this problem, and then let's make this go to our representatives. The the issue that we that we had, what I was going to say is why I was rubbing my hands together with such ferocity, was was the matter that the when people congressmen do not go to the State of the Union address because it's Donald Trump, you see a breakdown as we proceed to migrate very slowly but very surely from a nation of laws to a nation of men. And that is that uh, they should have gone to the State of the Union, not because they admired Donald Trump, not because they voted for Donald Trump, but because he is the President of these United States. And so what we find is, is that there's this erosion where, well, we're going to do what we're going to do based on the personality and the politics and the ideas and even the background of the individual. I hate to break it to everybody, but that's what they do in banana republics. That isn't what you do in the United States of America. In the United States of America, you respect the office of the president, and you go. I did not vote for Obama once. I did not vote for him a second time. I didn't vote for him at all. But he was my president. And that's the end of it, and that's where the buck stops. Do I agree with them? Absolutely not. But that's where the buck stops. And the reason I say that is because I understand, and everyone should understand, every, every American should understand that if we do not maintain the rule of law and become a nation of men to the whims and the impressions of men and, and, and whatever the individual wants in the moment, we will be lost, and we will eventually be subjected to tyranny. So the fact that those folks did not go and see the presidential address, despite the fact whether they think Trump is a reprobate or not, is immaterial. He is the president, and you go out of respect for the office and the respect for the Constitution, which brought him to the point of being elected by the Electoral College. End of the story. 
That's impressive. It, I didn't see you breathe once. In many, <laughs> you, you should see me preach on a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and many, many people, many people uh, um, uh, believe we're already in a point of fiscal tyranny, sure. where we have uh, we have given these people so much power, so much money, that they can do what they want to do, and yet not be held accountable. Why don't, why don't the politicians themselves have to live by the same laws that they make for everyone else? Because we, uh, should, we, we don't should, make them. Well, that's right. They don't make them. If, why, why, don't, why don't we say to them, hey, look, if you're going to, if you're going to uh, have a law, you have to live by that same law. I'm not saying about killing or anything else, but I mean in terms of funding, in terms of money, in terms of schooling. You, they get to send their kids to the private schools. They get to send their, you know, they get to have two or three different kind of houses, you know. And how many of these people uh, have have become millionaires because they've gotten into office? This is a question for the table because I don't quite know the answer to it. What year was the Republican Revolution back in the nineties? Was it ninety ninety two? Ninety two. Ninety two. I mean, you had Rostenkowski. Voted out of office. That was, that was, that was yeah. a massive accomplishment, a right. massive feat. Right. And the reason why it is we had a budget surplus was because of that Republican revolution. But here's the problem. Here's the question. What actual effective change did it bring? There you had the most massive quote unquote Republican, not saying all Republicans are constitutionalists or conservatives, but the most massive Republican. Uh, onslaught and infusion of new blood and new ideas and grassroots and blah 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 and it came to nothing if if nothing perhaps that's an overstatement not what it should have been what else can you do to restore the republic and people's involvement if that moment if 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 the american ideal if the american heart wants to beat and breathe freely and you need to prime that pump with a spark of hope, would not that have been the hope that people would have said, wow, we just accomplished something great, we can be involved in our government, we can take this thing back, and guess what happened? It slid right back into the mud where we have Mitch McConnell cutting deals, and we have a guy who's outside the system, the political class system in the form of Donald Trump being vilified. I'm not saying he's a perfect man, but I'm saying he is trying, I think, to challenge the political status quo, and people are not behind it. Bill, you wanted to jump in there real bad. Well, Sorry, I, I just want to say, so, okay, we have the primaries coming up, right, in March. Yeah. Guess what? You go to vote. Guess what? The first thing I ask, Democrat or Republican? Right. Mm -hmm. You only get to vote one way? Right. No, I vote for people. Yep. Bingo. Mm -hmm. Right. And you policies. Know, and we've taken that out of out of our hands. You mean so, there's no competition between the parties? No <laughs> competition yeah. at so the polls. I have to vote straight Republican or straight Democrat, and that's not that. There's, that kills me. I, you know, talking about things that hurt you. And I think that's one of the reasons why right. people don't vote because they don't want to declare. Well, that's but that's that's in a primary. I'm, you see, in a general election, you'll have more than four percent. Oh yeah. Okay, but you but the. The most I've ever seen, I believe, in this county, and I've been an election judge for well over 30 years, but the most I think I've ever seen is about 31 percent. For a general election. For a general election. Right. And that's president, senator, congressman, federal, etc. Okay. Well, for one of the primaries. No. I was in, well, for I was primaries, in, primaries, primaries, I was in no. Chicago, and of course Chicago is Democratic. 
Well, I decided to vote Republican. Do you know everybody behind there yelled, Republican, 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 to me. And I was, I, I was By the way, that's illegal. <laughs> I know. And I thought, why would they do that? If this is supposed to be, yeah. you know, discretion. voters' discretion, why would they do that? Because you were alive. I'm going to. I know, I know. Yeah. So they could yeah. see Let me let Ken jump in here, but I'm also going to give everybody the five minute warning here. Wow, ready? Oh, yeah, this one flew, didn't it? We've we've been having some fun here. That's because I'm here. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Ken, jump in real quick, then we'll go about it. In in, in a feeble attempt to uh, to isolate true cause and and long term, how do we fix it? Our Constitution was a beautiful instrument when it was written. Mm -hmm. Since then, communications have changed so incredibly. Now we're into cell phones and so forth. Uh, We're into a media that's got a a reckless mind of its own. The information available out there to the masses is now under the control of a very small number of people who operate absolutely selfishly, which we can you know, expect them to do. Right? The problem is the system itself. We have a couple of people running the opinions mm-hmm. of the people throwing the votes. Witness the apathy that happens from that because they know, you know they don't get involved because they're being told what to do. Sure. Bob, jump in there real quick. I know you wanted to a second ago. I think uh, one of the biggest problems is that <clears throat> when you go to a when you go to vote on primary day, you see either Republican or Democrat, mm-hmm. and you can vote down ticket. Uh, you can vote for whoever you want to on the Republican ballot, and then at the end of the day, you put it into a machine, and the machine goes off. Who foots the bill? We do. It's, it's up to, uh, we're the ones that are stuck with the bill at the end of the day, and yet we have to abide by what Republicans and the Democratic Party have to say to us. We have a government that does not work for us. That is only one of the symptoms. But we have a government that does not work for us, and like I said, I'm scared for my generation because when it all, if it does come down, and when it all comes down, it's going to come down on us. So what I would... My main takeaway, and I'll say this and then I'll shut up, but we need to go out and we need to hit the streets. We need to, we need to advocate. We need to call our senators. We need to call our representatives. We need to make sure our voices are heard and make sure that they don't forget about the individual. It's not too late to change. A lot of people are jaded and think that, but it is not too late to change the system. We also have to know where, where they stand before we do that. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, the sad thing is, is in <clears throat> Illinois, Michael Madigan runs this state, and he's elected by 20,000 people. The, the system needs changed. I mean, there, you say, my vote doesn't count. Well, in Illinois, it really doesn't for our state politics because 20,000 people elect Michael Madigan, and he controls everything yes. because he controls the purse string. And it all comes down to money. We, we, you know, we do it with kids when they're little. Here, you want to do something? Here, I'll give you $5. Go do this. And it keeps going throughout life. The states... States are supposed to be sovereign, but they listen to the feds because the feds have a bunch of money. We're saying, here, if you do what we tell you, here's a bunch of money for you. And that just goes throughout the whole system down the whole way. So the system is broken and needs to be fixed. And how do you fix it? How do we change the state of Illinois? How, How does the state of Illinois, how can politicians be down there and how can people that elect them think what they're doing in Springfield is working? When Illinois constantly leads the nation and people fleeing from the state, businesses fleeing from the state how can they look at somebody with a straight face and say 
we're doing a good job for you. Make sure you vote for me. Ask every politician that's running in the primary, what do they expect to accomplish? Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to hear the same thing. You know, I'm, I'm here to make change, you know, and I have to, get to make things better. But you know what? You know, we've seen this time and time again, and now Rounders are being claimed as the worst governor in the history of, of America and whatnot and stuff like that. You know, it, it's... Well, he's not in prison yet. <laughs> yet. Well, yet was, was the true. key word well, there. <laughs> every fourth governor gets a, gets a pass. <laughs> I guess that's the rule well, in our state. Well, what, what about... The other thing I would say is that, is that you're... You know, when you talk about um, what they're doing, okay, ask them how many how many jobs they're giving away. I would I would guess, and this is surely a guess, okay, but I would guess that more than sixty percent of jobs, government jobs, in the district that Madigan controls are given away by him. Oh, that's, Eighty-five. That's way too low. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, my well, just my directly point. Directly or indirectly? Yeah. It's yeah. Probably just my indirectly. just my point. They're they're Pure giving they're, they're giving away jobs, so their jobs are protected by keeping him in office. We we've come close, reasonably close, sort of close to term limits. Now, there are a number of solutions like that that would at least chew away at the problem. If you get somebody out of there after eight years, there's a limit to how much power and control they can build up. As well as how much damage they can do while they're there. John, why don't you jump in real quick? Two things. Well, that's not going to happen. Two things. We're already running over. Two things that are really, two things that would really, number one, you don't have to solve everything with one solution. True. One. Term limits, one. Two, this idea that we have to vote in the primary uh, straight party ticket. It should be a competition of ideas and the idea that we have to uh, pay homage to these uh, respective monopolies and oligarchies within these private corporate mm -hmm. parties is absolutely atrocious. If I want to vote for uh, a Democrat over here, i.e. would have probably voted for Jim Webb for president, right, in, instead of Donald Trump, um, but want to vote for somebody else on the Republican ticket for something different uh, within the primaries and so on. I should have my right to do that because it, because well you do come the general election no but not but not within the but not within the primaries within the party and, right well the no, party sets no. the rules for that party well what's what I'm saying exactly. is that, that that that's the problem is that that organizations seek to insulate and inoculate themselves from mm -hmm. outside influences and gather and garner more power to itself and that's what they've done this is why George Washington in his farewell address warned us against parties because the Republican Party and the Democratic Party are inoculating themselves from the effects of the arena of ideas and therefore they are advancing their own agendas and if you think there isn't the football being kicked back and forth between these two corporations as they manipulate the populace going in the general trajectory with minor blips and alterations but the general trajectory that they want us to go into again sans the freedom caucus and a few dissenting voices there was my breath within the Republican <laughs> Party within the Republican Party aside from a few dissenting voices like Mike Lee and Paul and the rest, Cruz, there is no dissent. There is no dissension. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely couldn't agree more. And look at the degree to which many, many, many folks in the Republican Party are disappointed in the Republican Party. They don't have, because of this system, the Republican Party itself has cooked up. We don't have much of a say in who we actually wind up with. 
I mean, <laughs> we've had a little illustration of that recently. I don't know if we got anywhere, but it was fun. It was a <laughs> lot of fun, actually. So, hashtag things I'm sick of. I guess maybe we'll go with that as an episode title, something along those lines. I want to thank everybody for joining uh, joining me here today. Uh, John, Tom, co-host, thank you very much, all of you here. I really appreciate uh, you engaging in these conversations. I sincerely truly hope, and I know this may be way too altruistic of me and perhaps way too naive, but I really hope the conversations we're having in this podcast inspire other people to at least start talking and understand that they can have truly impassioned conversations without devolving into screaming and fighting and violence, but getting to that brave point that you mentioned earlier, John where someone somewhere, I don't know if it'll be somebody at this table, somebody at another table in another restaurant somewhere else in this country is inspired to actually take the stand and do what needs to be done and get us to the point where we can truly deal with the truth, the truth, and start dropping away these hashtag things I'm sick of. Thank you very much, everybody. I appreciate it. Thank you, Peter. Great job. Peter, well done. Oh,